Well, our first reading takes us to the first letter of Paul to Timothy, chapter 4, beginning at verse 9. Paul is wanting to assure Timothy of God's anointing upon him, God's gifting of him, and that he shouldn't be put off by what other people might say. So, 1 Timothy 4, verse 9. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. And for this we labour and strive, that we have put our hope in the living God who is the Saviour of all people, and especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in, in life, in love, in faith and purity. Until I come, devote yourselves to the public reading of Scripture, to preaching and to teaching. Do not neglect your gift, which was given you through the prophetic message when the body of elders laid their hands on you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourselves wholly to them, so that everyone may see your progress. Watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And our Gospel reading is from St. Matthew. Jesus is teaching on the parable of the talents. Matthew chapter 25 beginning at verse 14. Hear the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory be to you, O Lord. Speaking about the kingdom of heaven, what it will be like in those last days. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on a journey. The man who had received five talents went at once and put his money to work and gave, gained five talents more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the man who had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought five, the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful <coughs> servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And the man who'd received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, 
here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not, I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return at least would have received it back with interest. Take that one talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For those who have will be given more and they will have an abundance. Those who do not have, even that which they have will be taken from them and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Father, may your word speak to us afresh today. May we be inspired, not only by John Bunyan, by, the, by others who have spent their talents writing and bringing to others the good news of your truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, John Bunyan was born in 1628 at Elstow near Bedford. Today, as I said, the church recognizes this as a special day to give thanks for him and to learn from his example. Humble beginnings. He was a tinker, the son of a tinker. And he served an apprenticeship at his father's trade. During the Civil War, served for a time in the Parliamentary Army. Then about 1648, he married Margaret Bentley. And as a result of her Christian witness, he attempted to reform his life. Isn't it interesting how often it's uh, the wives that will try to reform the husbands? That's a very sexist thing to say, but uh, over the centuries we've seen that happen in lots of ways. And it's still happening today. My wife is still trying. <laughs> but for John Bunyan, his efforts and his striving to change himself resulted in no real fruit in no inner change. And he began to be very, very depressed. He had no assurance of salvation himself. He joined an independent congregation in Bedford and started to explore what the Christian faith really was. And he heard there this message of salvation by grace through faith how he find, found that it wasn't by striving and trying his hardest, but by learning to train in the ways of Christ and receiving that gift of salvation, that gift of forgiveness. Well, that was to be the only way that he would find true fulfillment and joy and the power and will and the love to serve others in the way that truly resonated with his heart's desire to use the gifts that he'd been given to enable others to find that joy of salvation that he too had discovered. Well, he embarked 
in, after a little while, after his wife's death, he embarked on a, 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 a series of small talks in this church. And he began to be recognized, had great feedback from people. They loved listening to him because he spoke in a way that they could understand. He often spoke using metaphors, parables or allegories. And they could identify with it. He started with where people were and not with what they were supposed to be doing. He understood their audience, their congregation. However, this was a man who had not received official training and the Church of England clergy started to resent this uneducated and unordained man sharing God's word and getting rather popular. And so Bunyan, who refused to stop his preaching ministry, uh, spent most of the next 12 years in Bedford jail. Of course, in those days, that's what would happen. If you opposed the establishment, it became a, became a very serious offence. Although during part of that time, he was a, allowed a degree of freedom and able to support his family by making shoelaces. Wow. 12 years making shoelaces. With so little to read other than the Bible and John Fox's book of martyrs, Bunyan began to write religious tracts and pamphlets, and most importantly, his own spiritual autobiography, which is entitled Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners. What a great title for a book. Grace Abounding. That's a book that describes today the work of God's Holy Spirit back in Wales. 1666, he wrote that. 1672, he was released, but by 1675, he was back in prison, serving a six-month sentence for unlicensed, unlicensed preaching again. And it was during this time that he probably wrote a large part of his major work, which was published in 1678, Pilgrim's Progress. The main character, Christian, who with his companion, first faithful and then hopeful, journeys from the city of destruction to the heavenly city, encouraging on route, encountering on route rather, such hazards as the slough of despond, the hill difficulty, doubting castle, bypath meadow, and to quote a contemporary television program, Vanity Fair. All of these encounters taught him so much about life, how to face doubts, how to approach difficulty, how to go through places of despondency, how to not get sidetracked from his main focus, and how to not to be seduced by the things of this world. As he wrote, he poured out his, from his own heart not only the things that he'd experienced in his own life, but he tied it in with the scriptures, with the word of God and the pilgrim's progress is absolutely shot through with quotes from scriptures. They become part of the narrative. It's a beautiful, beautiful piece of writing. And in fact, pilgrim's progress has now, is, is the second uh, biggest seller in the whole world. The second biggest book 
that's uh, taken most copies of Pilgrim's Progress to, of course, the Bible. It's had a huge effect. You can see the effect, for example, do you remember when Terry Waite was in prison, in captivity, when he was held hostage, the Archbishop's envoy, a long time ago now? He was in jail, and in the window, he remembered John Bunyan's situation where he too was in prison in Bedford. And his words inspired him and gave him hope to cope with all those things that he was going through too. But Bunyan was determined to use the gifts that God had given him. Do you remember those words that Paul uh, had spoken to Timothy? How Timothy was being opposed by other people in his own uh, sphere, his own church, there where he was ministering. Paul encourages him to continue to command and teach the things that are revealed to him in Scripture. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. I wonder if Bunyan would have substituted there, not just young, but because you're not a licensed preacher. <laughs> because you are officially uh, licensed by the church that is in charge, has the power around here. But rather, set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture. What an inspiration for Bunyan, who was called here to devote himself, not to the public reading of Scripture, but to the public proclamation of the Scriptures through his writing. What a, an amazing, faithful servant he would be as he continued to press on through all the difficulties that he faced. I wonder how you've experienced other people's writings. Have you been able to find a book or listen to things that have really stirred you? Can I just ask if, if anyone has, can, can think of a book or something that you've read that has been particularly influential to you? I'll, I'll just tell you one or two for me whilst you do that. I'm not, that's not just a rhetorical question. <laughs> it would be lovely to hear if, if you have done that. For me, Mark Buchanan's book, The Rest of God, I read this a, a little while ago, which uh, has a lovely... Um, sort of uh, play on words here, the rest of God. In other words, it's about discovering how God, through the Sabbath principle, the finding rest, finding refreshment, finding uh, relief from the, uh, the struggles of life in God, brings us into a great relationship. It's subtitled, Restoring Your Soul by Restoring the Sabbath, the principle of the Sabbath rest. And not going, oh no, I'm in our society. Everything seems to be ever onwards, more and more. For me, that was a real life changer, seeing the value of rest and refreshment. For another book that uh, has been really helpful, not just for me, um, is this Philip Yancey's The Jesus I Never Knew, looking at the Old Testament and how Jesus is uh, understood there and the, the way in which the church has sometimes uh, given the idea of, of 
Jesus that isn't true to the authentic description in the scriptures. And I remember lending this to somebody who was, I think, absolutely in need of, of this sort of book, this sort of insight into Jesus. And it was exactly what they did need and came back completely enthusiastic about the person of Jesus like they'd never done before. So books and things that we've read that we can hand on to others and bless others with, a tremendous resource that we have. Spiritual writers help us. Just one or two people, have you had uh, books and things that have really been important? Jane, what's been yours? Um, I've had two songs, hymns recently. One is called I Can Only Imagine. Mm. And one is called Reckless Love. Oh, yes, yes, and Reckless Love. And just yeah. blown away. Yeah, the thank I you. I Can Only Imagine. I can stop traffic with it Wow. <laughs> so songs and writing of, songs. of songs and the lyrics that have really spoken to you. Yeah, thank you. Jan? Red Moon Rising. Red Moon Rising, yes. About the birth of the 24-7 uh, whole sort of prayer movement. Massive impact on people. Anybody else? Anne? Um, amazing Grace, which Philip Yancey... Yes. Amazing Grace, amazing. Philip Yancey, yeah. <laughs> Amazing book, amazing grace, yeah, beautiful stories. And how the author there uses um, other things, almost like Bunyan, um, to, to create, to, to speak truth. I remember the first chapter talks about Bibet's Feast, which is a wonderful uh, play or film that speaks of somebody who treated uh, others with such grace and it sets the tone for the whole thing but it's through and often films will speak to us very powerfully it's all part of the way that Bunyan would have written using those gifts of imagination creativity to communicate words that can sometimes be dry unless they're brought to life by gifted people like that Just to mention, or I conclude, that um, I hope you're aware that on the first Thursday of the month, there's a, a, we have at Christchurch a reading group, a group where each month people come together. My wife belongs to this, and she, uh, she finds it incredibly uh, helpful just to read a book a month, which um, they agree as a group that they're going to do, and then come back and share something about what they've read. And it's incredibly edifying, build people up, helps inspire one another on the first Thursday. I think the first one is going to be on the 6th of September, is the next one. Do have a word with Anita or look out for that publicity. It meets at Rosie Bryden's house just down the road. We see, therefore, Bunyan being faithful in what the gifting he has done, in spite of the opposition, and what a tremendous legacy he's left for the world. How many people has that book influenced? How many people have been able to identify with Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress? Who would true valour see? Let him come hither. One here will constant be, come wind, come weather. There's no discouragement shall make him once relent of his first avowed intent to be a pilgrim.
Whoso beset him round with dismal stories do but themselves confound. His strength the more is. No lion can him fright. He'll with a giant fight that he will have a right to be a pilgrim. Hobgoblin, no foul fiend can daunt his spirit. He knows he at the end shall life inherit. Then fancies fly away. He'll fear not what men say. He'll labour night and day to be a pilgrim. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful word. How we are inspired, therefore, to keep faithful to God, to use our gifts, and to be people who will receive from others that which they offer as gift to us, so that we might use our talents, not just our money, but the things that we are gifted with, and by God's grace, we might one day hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of your Lord.